0: Welcome to the Open Pantry podcast for yet another episode. Amazing to have you listening. Uh, It's fantastic over the last couple of months in uh, me banging out more and more podcasts to just broaden the base of people who I'm talking to who supply um, the hospitality industry as well as people within the hospitality industry. So in that, it's fantastic to have on Julie Hirsch, who's the co-founder and COO of elements, vitamin T, in Victoria. So uh, fantastic to have another Victorian on. Hey, Julie, how are you?
1: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on, Sean.
0: My pleasure. Um, I do uh, hint your accent as well, so I will ask you about that uh, in a minute <laughs> too. Um, so let's let's talk about how you started out in your career because yours. Is um, slightly different from what I can see to to a couple of people that you know. Mostly, most people I interview with inside the hospitality industry. Do you want to do you want to talk about that for a second?
1: Of course. Um, well, I've always loved a good cup of tea, but I definitely didn't think I would end up owning a tea business. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in California originally, and oh. my career before Elements was in the for-purpose sector, um, mostly working on environmental causes. Um, But when I moved here, I became really concerned about how climate change impacts were affecting farmers, especially in developing countries. Mm -hmm. Um, And a good friend of mine, Nicole Amand, who also was one of the founding board members of Fair Trade Australia, New Zealand, um, at the time had an idea for an innovative and ethical new tea brand. Um, And three years later, we ended up creating the world's first 100% natural vitamin tea. Wow. As you do.
0: As you do um, how did it how did it, uh, how did it come about that the tea bread started? obviously tea is I think the most the most drunk beverage in the world right from the top of my head um, I
1: think it still is yeah, yeah coffee is right? coming in hot yes. uh, but we're gonna we're gonna try and keep it at bay
0: <laughs> so I think tea has been a sector of the market which has been Really changed over the last, you know, fifteen to twenty years, from going from, you know, tea bag tea, what people know, to sort of loose leaf tea, T2 starting out and being, you know, uh, obviously a phenomenon in Australia. You know, being taken over by Unilever and 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 then this massive segmentation of tea. Um, how did you guys actually come up with the idea of doing, you know, a vitamin tea like elements?
1: So it was my um, business business partner's idea originally. Um, She was in the tea industry for about 10 years uh, because of fair trade. Mm. Um, So in Australia, only about 3% of tea sales are fair trade certified. So a huge opportunity to grow that. Mm -hmm. Um, And she had the idea to infuse fair trade tea with fruit and herbal extracts um, that have naturally occurring vitamins and minerals in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it was really important to combine that innovation with ethical business. I think it really makes me sad when I hear companies say that being ethical or being sustainable is their unique selling proposition. Mm. Because essentially they're assuming that their competitors are always going to be unethical or carbon intensive.
2: That's a great
1: So for <laughs> us. We really wanted to use ethical business as a baseline um, and, and prove that any new product coming to the market needs to have that starting point of being ethical and sustainable. And from there, that's where you build your innovation and your delicious cup of tea. And I think because of that, um, that's one of the reasons why elements really hit the ground running when we did launch it. Mm -hmm. There is always, you know, room for improvement, but, I think having those unique um, angles to the product, it felt like a really rich story that people could um, could believe in.
2: Yeah, I
0: totally agree. Um, was it, you know, you just touched on, you know, uh, fair trade being part of like the brand values and uh, in regards with elements. Was that, and you know, you you also talked about not tearing other people down, as in companies as being unethical. Was that was it a Was it a hard thing for the both of you to source ethical tea? Um, Because, you know, 97% is not ethical tea. Like, was that a hard thing to do?
1: So there are certainly challenges with being Fair Trade certified, Mm -hmm. but for us, the challenges certainly didn't outweigh making sure that we didn't have slavery in our supply Mm -hmm. chain and that we didn't have child labor in our supply Mm chain. and it was very important to show that we could create a profitable um, business that was fair trade certified. Um, and again, if you go back to that unique selling proposition, technically we didn't have to be fair trade certified because we had that innovation and um, those really high purchase intents. Yes. But I think people don't necessarily buy tea or products because they're ethical but they're way more likely to talk about the product if it's ethical. And as a small business, that, that's gold because you don't have the ad spend of the big guns. And so if you can get word of mouth going, that is just incredible for your long-term um, sales.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely, um, definitely over the years, coffee's done a better, uh, a better job at getting the, the fair trade system in place and, 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 and even, uh, specialty coffee retailers in Australia, like doing a really good job of actually buying, like going there, buying it themselves, understanding the labor costs, understanding, um, the importance of make sure that, you know, slavery isn't part of it and child labor isn't part of it. Like, um, you know, I really tip my hat to you because I, I don't think a lot of brands, um, can say those kind of things. So it's a, it's a really cool thing to think about. I think, often with the supply chain of many different products um, uh, in Australia and in Western countries, we don't think about where the origins of that product actually is and why that product is, you know, so cheap. Um, Are are you guys sort of, uh, I know it's only early stages the last couple of years with the brand, like are you thinking sort of long-term when those particular countries will need to start charging more for the tea that you guys buy and how that will affect the overall supply chain for you guys
1: so with fair trade we already pay quite a premium on yep. the price of our tea so fair trade sets a minimum price per kilo mm-hmm. um, which is based on essentially a living wage for the farmer right. mm-hmm. so uh in sri lanka for example we did a, a litmus test about six months ago of how much more we were paying on average than a conventional um, unaudited uh, supply chain would be. And it was something like 260% more per kilo. So mm-hmm. it was a significant increase. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, we also pay a premium to the Fair Trade Collective directly, which they use to invest in the local community. Nice. But when you're starting your business, if you cost in all of those costs to be ethical, to be sustainable, then it's not really a surprise.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you set up your business model so that you can sustain that. Um, and you look at ways to be creative in your business model. Because I just don't think there's re- there's no excuse with consumers anymore to bring a product to market that isn't ethical. Yes. Um, And, and you have so much opportunity when you're starting a business to create impact at literally every level of that business, whether it's using FSC printing paper in your office, Mm -hmm. um, buying recycled cardboard for your outer cartons, which no one is ever going to see. there are so many opportunities for impact and I think it's just about companies getting creative these days. and using those opportunities for impact. I think hospitality is such a great place to do that because we have so much interaction with our consumers and we know that people care a lot about this stuff now. So it gives us such a great opportunity to talk to them about all the things we're doing.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk about COVID-19. We're taking this uh, the end of May. Um, mm-hmm. How it, How's it affected your business? Because as I went through um uh, went through some research about your business in the last week. Since I asked you to be on, uh, I saw your launch party uh, video, which looked really cool, by the way. Um, Thank you. Uh, sad I wasn't uh, didn't know you then and wasn't invited. Um, and uh, next time. <laughs> and I saw that I, but I saw that you um, landed the contract with Woolworths to start with. So you know, we're not we're not talking about a small retail uh, retail company here. We're talking about you know someone that's a brand that's in, you know, in mainstream, so to speak. Um, How have you seen it affect the business in the last two months?
1: There have been a lot of highs and lows with COVID-19. As you said, uh, we, so we've been selling for a little over 12 months. We were in R&D for about two years. And within four months of starting to sell, we, we got a contract with Woolworths, Mm -hmm. um, which was pretty crazy. And we were very lucky. They absolutely backed us as a female founded and fair trade company and decided to put us in 75% of their stores, uh, within about six months of launch. Um, and then about six months after that, we, um, secured ranging in Holland and Barrett, which is a major retailer in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do have quite large partners um, at the moment, and that's fantastic because it means we're getting a lot of fair trade tea to market, and we're giving a lot of tea lovers the the opportunity to buy fair trade. But when companies talk about supply chain disruption, you don't often think about the farmers and the workers Mm. that are behind the products that are out of stock. Um, So we've been really working quite hard um with our partners and um with Woolworths to make sure that we can have um a secure supply chain um and make sure that we have tea on shelf. Uh lots of late nights (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Mm. Um but you know we were definitely um seeing people being really supportive and by that I mean our our consumers. Yeah. Um, I think consumers are really craving a personal connection with the brands that they purchase from at the moment. Um, I think they know that it's really hard times for Mm -hmm. brands. Mm -hmm. Um, and so people have just been so kind and so supportive on our social media. Um, we started running a Friday giveaway because, you know, tea and work from home and Mm -hmm. comfort. Just seem to make sense, and um, we're we're crowdsourcing knowledge and information on the Friday giveaway, asking questions, nice. and the answers have just been so heartfelt um, mm. and really moving. It's been it's been a real surprise, and and I really think that's because of COVID nineteen.
0: Yeah, right. Do you um. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that the brand has lifted up during this time. It doesn't, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but um, uh, it's a really, really good thing to hear. One of my, um, I suppose, concerns is that when we talk about the hospitality industry and we talk about certain sectors, that there's going to be a large section of the market as in restaurants and cafes that some won't open because they haven't um, had a good enough brand in order to tell their customers about what their value proposition is. Um, so it's really good to hear that in a really crowded marketplace that Elements has, has been able to sell that brand proposition for, for over a year and, and, and do a really good job. So well done. Um, Thank you. What's, what's, been the biggest, what's been the biggest surprise over the last two months? Like, what's been the thing that's really made you smile the last two months other than your customers giving you the Friday feedback and, and that kind of stuff? Just business related stuff.
1: Business related stuff. Well, um, I was, I was really lucky last month. I had just a completely unbelievable month in that I, um, I made it onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Wow. Um, and I managed to win the Telstra, um, businesswoman of the year award for Vic. So that was really odd to have that happen in the midst of a global yes. pandemic. Yes. Um, you know, got the phone call while working from home and um, celebrated in my living room. Uh,
0: <laughs> how, did, how did you celebrate? Did you celebrate with tea or did you celebrate with champagne or what did you
1: do? Um, you know, we, we did crack open a bottle of wine. Um, <laughs> I think I was drinking tea at the time, but I, I actually told this story before, but my dog sensed my excitement and he's, Quite a new puppy, he's about four months old, and he just had an accident everywhere while I was on the phone being told that I'd won this award. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that's the first thing I did as the businesswoman of the year for Victoria was clean up the dog's mess, <laughs> um, which I think is just so fitting for business. It's really perfect that balance, you know.
0: Yes, yes. Reality with excitement at the same time. It's good. Exactly. Um, when when both of you were starting starting this brand a couple of years ago, I'm, I'm very curious about the two years R and D. That's um, uh, surprising to me um, in a in a good way. Um, what were some of the barriers that you guys faced? You know, getting to market. Like, not many, many brands will will struggle to get into you know Woolworths and Coles kind of supply chains. Um, what were a couple of the barriers when you guys first started this idea
1: well no one had ever created a natural vitamin T before Mm. Um, there were a few synthetic vitamin T's on the market but working with natural nutrients is quite tricky for us we felt it was imperative to be natural and to be organic certified consumers care a lot about what they're putting into their bodies. And most people don't actually know that most supplements are synthetic. Mm. Um, And while there's very little research about the difference between synthetic vitamins and natural vitamins, just on a personal level, it felt um, so much better to know that we were using natural nutrients from fruit and vegetable and herbs and botanicals. So, We went into an R and D phase and we went through a couple different R and D companies. No one could figure it out. We, um, we worked with so many wonderful people literally around the world to make it possible. We worked with an Australian dietitian and nutritionist. We worked with an Australian nutrition company in Queensland. We worked with a contract manufacturer in the UK, um, and we ended up coming out with a patent pending manufacturing method for the way that we blend our teas, um, which was pretty cool for, you know, a two person company at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And because we spent so long in R and D, we essentially had two years to really understand our customers, really understand our brand, um, and understand why people would want a vitamin T, and so when we came out of that R&D phase and when we were actually finally able to launch the product, it really came out with a bang um, because we, we had taken the time to make the exact product that we wanted to make without compromising on it. And I mm-hmm. think people could tell that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to structure this question without it sounding a certain way. Is it, do you Go think of, it. hi, do you, <laughs> it's, it's, ve- look, my life is very easily easy normally because I'm a tall six foot three white Anglo-Saxon male, right? And business has been, business has been easy for me to get um, in, uh, I, you know, I had a couple of bakeries in my early twenties and that was relatively easy for me to do, right? How have you, has there been any moments where you've had, you knew it was going to be harder because you had two female founders or do you think during this last three years of developing this brand that you found that's actually been a massive positive? Obviously you've won, you know, two awards, which are just insane when you hear them. Right. Um, And hats off to you for doing that. Like, do do you think it's been a blessing in
1: some way? So I think there are positives and negatives to really anything. Yeah. Um, I think there's an incredible community of business women in Australia and we've been so lucky to be connected to that network. Um, mm. And there are so many inspiring women that you can look at and say, well, if they could do it, like I might give it a crack. Sure. Um, and I think there have been a lot of situations where it's been really challenging. Um, we found it particularly challenging when we were doing our series a funding round. Yes. Um, and there have been a lot of situations where I've walked into a room of 12 men sitting at a table and the only woman. Mm. Um, and that's a little intimidating, but also you, you are there to do something. And if you're confident in the mission of your business and you believe in your product, then you're just going to do what you need to do. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it can be really intimidating, um, but I also think there's a real community there, uh, which is mm. wonderful.
0: I think it's important for me to keep asking that question as awkwardly as that might come out because I remember when uh, I've known a really great CEO, um, a lady called Jane Coe, who started a, an app called Bring Me Home, which is all about food rescue from restaurants and cafes in Melbourne. Now That's she's fantastic. scaled to Sydney, right? Um, uh, and and soon Brisbane and that kind of stuff. And I, I remember us talking, as we have for the last year or so, about how her going to America and, and thinking about getting funding and always being in a room of ninety percent guys. And I, I would never know how that feels. So I'm just I'm just curious. I suppose how that feels. And my my second part to that is how do you continue to get inspiration? Is it is it being part of Certain um, uh, business led groups that are about female founders, or is it just your family and friends obviously you 've got an amazing business partner like how, how do you how do you navigate that through?
1: Yeah well um, you know Nicole and I have been at this for a number of years now together, and I think our friendship is really the core of the business and our belief mm-hmm. in the mission and why we're doing what we're doing absolutely mm-hmm. keeps us going.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think one thing that really motivates me is looking at the statistics. Um, so these are US stats because they're a bit more readily available than Australian stats, but yeah. I think it's something like 40% of businesses are started by women, but only 4% will ever hit the million dollar turnover mark, what which do you is think, a what
0: massive fall off.
1: Well, one of the reasons is because it's much harder for women to get venture capital funding. So, um, in 2018, only 2% of VC funding went to female founders, which means 98% didn't. And when you look at the statistics for minority founders, um, and people from disadvantaged backgrounds, it's even worse than that. Yeah. Um, and so when you don't have access to capital, it's really hard to scale your business. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, you know, we've, we've passed year one, we're officially in scaling and it's so motivating to try and prove that, you know, female founders are a good bet. Yeah. And I, I really believe that. Um, and it's similar to us wanting to prove that you can have an ethical business and still make money. You can have a female founder and still be profitable and scale and grow and be ambitious. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think a lot about those statistics.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's depressing. Um, I'm curious as to why that is. And I think, I just wonder Julie, if it's a genera- generational thing, like those people controlling that power and that money will, those ideals and those thought processes. Cause I think that's really about connection and it's about stupid gameplay and, and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully that will go. And as female founders come up, that two percent becomes fifty percent, or becomes sixty percent, or becomes seventy percent, and it turns, then it's only going to be a better place. So um, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think there are so many wonderful and innovative ideas that um, we haven't necessarily seen scale to the size that they deserve because mm. of those barriers. So that's really what I'm excited for is all yeah. of the just amazing products that I probably want to use that yes. should get funding and hopefully in the coming year as well.
0: Yeah. Um, you've obviously got an amazing tea brand which has vitamins in it, which um, a lot of people will take some time to research about that. The other, the other challenge is the industry has been somewhat, I'll use the word bastardized by things like tummy teas and, and all these kind of things, which have, have really segregated tea into this, you know, um, sometimes just used for the wrong, wrong reasons or the wrong gameplay. Um, and obviously yours is used for um, the correct reasons uh, with a great product. Um, how have you guys separated the market to make sure that your voice is getting out for the, I suppose the right reasons and cutting through all the BS that some people might hear about other healthy teas or, or
2: what?
1: I think tea is a really fascinating category at the moment. Mm. Um, Tea used to be and still is considered by many to be camellia sinensis in a tea bag. Um, So camellia sinensis is the tea bush and Mm. black tea, green tea, white tea, oolong tea all come from the same leaf. Um, And there are as many blends for taste as you can imagine. There are lots of teas that use ingredients that I wouldn't consider safe that are on the market. Um, But I think it's a category really in transition. Um, We're seeing sales of traditional black tea flatlining. um, And we're seeing sales of herbal teas really increasing. um, and herbal teas, by the way, is a hilarious term because there's usually no tea in herbal teas. <laughs> it's usually just herbs. Really? Um, right. But okay. that, yeah, well, because there's no camellia sinensis in it. Um, yeah, right. And that is okay. tea. Good point. But yeah. that's the perfect example. Um, tea has become something so much broader than just that leaf.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and so if you look at some of the innovations coming out, things like a vitamin T, things like the cold infusions that came out. Mm. Um, People aren't looking at this space anymore for just their builder's brew. Um, I think if you look at why people purchase tea, they're purchasing it for comfort. um, They're purchasing it for health. uh, They're purchasing it because it's a beverage option that's not as boring as water but not as sugary as soda and it tastes really nice. So if you add all of those things together, there's a really huge opportunity in the space. Um, and there is so many ideas that Nicole and I have that we just don't even have time to launch <laughs> at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, um, it's a segment that's considered flooded, but I actually would really challenge that idea.
0: Cool, that's very good. Um, last question for you. Um, what are you guys looking to next? Obviously, you've had a brand which has um, had some really good penetration retail in Australia and uh, now the UK. Um, what do you want? What do you guys want to do when you and Cole sit down, or maybe do a Zoom call like we're doing? Like, how do you how do you dissipate um, what you want to do next with the brand?
1: Well, our immediate next step is we've got a launch of a new product in Woolies we'll next month which I'm so excited about because it's actually my favorite blend we've ever done. (laughs) It's called, um, bourbon vanilla chai. So bourbon vanilla is a type of vanilla from Madagascar and it's just the creamiest, most gorgeous vanilla you've ever tasted. we've got chai spices from our fair trade partners in Sri Lanka, obviously our nine vitamins and minerals, which are in all of our teas. Um, so that's hitting shelves in Woolies next month.
0: Amazing.
1: Um, beyond that, we, did have a deal with a US chain uh, before COVID-19 hit. So, mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: you know, once all of this is over, hopefully we can still launch in the US. That seems to be a really great market for us. Yes. Um, we've got our eye on Germany. We did some market testing in Europe, and man, they really liked the idea of a natural vitamin T. Really? Um, yeah, but we're still a really small team. I mean, there's uh three of us. So what? um yeah we we are very efficient um and we're planning to you know continue to grow and um continue to do what we're doing and uh we'll see how long we can manage that with a team of three
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um do you find that do you find that overwhelming or do you find that exciting when you talk about overseas markets and going to germany and maybe going you know back to the us and probably california first i'd imagine um i love it yeah it must be pretty cool. It's
1: so much fun. Um you know, we we're really lucky to be in an industry where like honestly, tea people are so nice. We always joke about coffee people versus tea people and tea people <laughs> are just like the loveliest. I am yes. so lucky to work with tea people. Um so it's really fun for us to get to go to new markets and talk about a product that we really love and we really believe in and that we think is having a positive impact on the world. And then on top of that, we're even luckier because people tend to like the product um, and they enjoy drinking it. So, yeah, it's been a pretty positive experience so far.
0: Awesome. Well done, you. Um, Julie, what's the best way that people can find out about Elements Tea?
1: So we're on Facebook and Instagram as Elements Tea and we're spelled E-L-O-M-E-N-T-S mostly because of trademark issues and nice. because the O stands for organic, but you know, depends who you ask in the company. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can also order our teas online. Uh, we just launched our new website during COVID um, Amazing. and we're in Lily's stores.
0: Cool. Julie Hurst. Thank you so much for, uh, for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cool.